here's one thing that's really important to realize you frigging flow where you feel most comfortable and least resistance. I'll say that again. So your life tends to flow best like a river. If you think of a, coming down a, a mountain, right, and there's this stream, and then it starts to get faster and faster and faster, picks up speed, and then it kind of forks. And to the left, you've got a whole bunch of rocks, and it's slightly built up. There's almost like a little bit of a dam form. But on the right-hand side, there's virtually no block to passage. So you've got a right to passage straight to the right-hand side. So as the water comes down, it can split either way. But as soon as it hits that barrier, that rocky barrier, it'll back up. And then it'll find its natural path down the other side and it'll have its greatest flow. Life is exactly the same. Hello, this is Dr. Rowe and you're listening to the Growth Tribes podcast with Dr. Rowe and Harms. This is the podcast where two completely different generations tackle the most challenging topics that people are facing today. Above all else, the main reason that we chose to develop and record these podcasts is because we both have a passion for helping people go through life transformation, for improving their lives, for taking their lives to a completely different level. And it's our hope, our genuine sincere hope, that by the end of each of these episodes, you'll have gained at least one insight that you can take away and apply directly into your own life practical tools, voices that come in from both generations, the younger generation with tips and tools and the older generation with a sense of wisdom and experience so that you can help unlock your true potential to give the opportunity to make changes both on a personal, professional, financial and relationship level and to give you a chance to impact both your lives and the lives of other people around you. So we welcome you. Welcome to the Growth Tribes podcast. Hi, it's Harms here, and you are listening to another episode of the Growth Tribes podcast. But before we get into it, here's a special message from Dr. Rowe himself. Hello and greetings, it's Dr. Rowe here. Now, before we start the podcast, I'd like to invite you to join me on an incredible three-day event called Communicating with Impact. If you're wondering who this might be for, probably the best way to describe it is to ask you the question, are you a parent wanting to communicate more effectively with your children? Do you run a business and you want to attract more money into your business, more clients, increase your sales in your business? It might be that you're in a career and you want to climb the corporate ladder, be more effective as a communicator, get to senior levels, be able to ask for pay rises. It might be that you want to be a professional speaker, want to increase your skills on a stage, or possibly you're a coach. You might run a network marketing business and you want to attract more people into your business. You actually may be a property investor wanting to attract more money from angel investors. In fact, if you're listening to this right now and you have any desire to improve your relationships with people on an intimate level, personal level, professional level, or you want to simply increase your business, your turnover and your ability to impact people more effectively, then I do encourage you to join me because I've spent 30 years in front of hundreds of thousands of people and I've developed a system of 38 components which anyone can operate with, anyone can apply no matter what your background. It is a passionate, inspirational, motivational and information packed event where you learn how to engage people, how to grab their attention, how to get a message across quickly in any situation, whether it's one person or 10,000 people. So what do you do next? Go to www.drrow.tv forward slash CWI. Go have a look at the booking page there. Find out more about it and then get yourself registered and come and join myself and Harminder at the next CWI event. Dr. Rowe signing out. 
Awesome. So this episode, we are talking about the question and discussing around the topic of flow. Why can't I get into the flow? And I'm not talking about, you know, when you go to a GP appointment and they ask you the question, how is your flow? This is a completely different conversation. And I got Ro with me once again, and we're going to be talking about the question, why can't I get into the flow? And I thought, Ro, the best way to approach this is just to start with what does flow mean to you? Because for some people, it's going to the GP and having them ask them that question. For some people, it's something completely different. So what will we be exploring as part of this episode? Thanks, Harm. And, and hi to everybody listening. Good subject, actually. Not one that I've heard brought into the public space for a long time. There's an old tape set, and I'm, I'm using the word tape set here, <laughs> from what I think from memory was a Russian chap. And I'm, I was probably given it 10 years, maybe 15 years ago. And it was really going into the concept of flow back in those days. And you don't really hear it much, do you, these days? Every now and again, you hear people say, yeah, I've got to get back into my flow. But there's more modern terminology now, mojo. I don't know if there's anything else millennials uh, high, use. High productivity, you know, that's right. And I think that's what's causing a bit of a concern is all linked to productivity <laughs> and growth. And so I think we have to be, we can really yeah. tackle that as well. It's, it's a generation X. I mean, it's definitely something from my era. People used to talk about flow. Oh man, how do I get back into my flow again? So I think you picked a great subject and it came off, think of the back of a conversation you and I were having. I have been a little bit in and out of my flow. Maybe we can tackle that subject you can pick my brains on that just in a in a few minutes but you've asked the question what does flow mean so for those of you listening it'd be really interesting to see as you if you're driving and listening to this again for a run whatever as i'm talking and harminder's talking start to tune into what your body's telling you because if i give you an indication of what okay this is a dr road definition of what i think flow is but everyone's got a slightly different meaning to it but for me flow is when you're doing something and whilst you're doing that thing like for example recording one of these podcasts, time just flies by. The word I used to use a lot is effortless when I was working with people, if they were coaching me and they wanted, I was coaching them, they wanted to get back into their flow. They wanted to get things moving again in the business on a personal life. I talked to them about when do things feel effortless? And they'd say, what do you mean? And I'd say, it's when you're in your flow. And they go, oh, yeah, I know what you mean, actually. It's when what you're doing has no resistance whatsoever. You're just doing it. It's flowing. And I know it sounds like a cliche, but that's exactly what it's doing. It's flowing. You feel most connected with yourself as a person. You get this sense of there's nothing misaligned. Every cog, if you think of it as a mechanical machine, every cog in your body is just synchronistically moving. They're well lubricated. The world around you is just in harmony with you. You don't feel any resistance. You're not in arguments. You're not in disharmony with anybody, with not just with the people around you, but with what you're doing in that moment. In other words, what you're doing in that moment with the universe is in such synchronicity that there's no resistance or pushback from the universe. And you know what? The funny thing is when you're in flow, you can feel completely at peace. But at the same time, you can feel totally energized and vibrant. You can feel enlightened. You can feel all of those things at exactly the same time. And the odd thing with flow is it can happen in any area of your life at different times. And I think the key, and we'll talk about this maybe during the course of this particular podcast, the key is to tune in and understand. And this is where consciousness comes in now, Homs, is why am I actually in flow? What, what am I doing right now? to create that flow but the challenge is when you do that and you become conscious that's when you can go out of flow so we can maybe explore that concept as well it's a bit of a long-winded way of explaining what flow is but it's for me it's a real very vivid picture it's an experience that i've had many times but i've also been conscious when i've been out of it does that description make sense to you 
that does make sense. And it's fascinating listening to somebody of your generation describe flow, because one of the challenges I've had is flow to me was very simple. It was if I was working on something and the working part is the key element here, if you're listening at home, is when I was working on something and time flew by, that's the only way I felt I was in flow or the only way I should have or I thought I'd be describing myself to actually be in flow. Right. And I didn't realize that actually you can be in flow in other parts of your life. I wasn't being conscious about being in flow in other areas of my life, just like you've described, bro. Yeah. I was solely focused on, and I would get frustrated if I wasn't in flow when I was working, but I would dismiss the other areas, you know, the relationship part, the sports exercise part, all of those other dimensions that make up our beautiful harmonious worlds. I dismissed it all. And I said, as long as I'm in flow when I'm working, that's exactly what I should be doing. That was a challenge. This is an interesting point you're raising. And, you know, the question is, you know, why can't I get back into my flow? Actually, then begs the question, well, hold on a minute, which area of your life are you in flow? (laughs) Which area of your life are out of flow? Because the truth is that, and you've just put your finger on it, we actually aren't conscious of it sometimes we're just in it and we're out of it and it's only when something pushes back it's like you're pushing against the door and it suddenly swings back bang and slaps you in the face you go fuck what's happened there you go shit i just feel i just feel really out of my flow but then if you if i was coaching somebody i'd be like okay well let's just back up for a minute let's talk about the last couple of weeks let's talk about the flow of your life and then people start to expand and describe what i did this i was with my kids and this happened and i was out with my girlfriend i did this i was out running the other day and this happened and i was in my business and then and then you listen to them you can actually hear from the conversation piece when they're in and out of flow so actually it's not that the whole life is out of flow it's usually that a certain area is out of flow and i bet if i asked you the question in the past when did you feel most out of flow you'd probably say well it's in my work that's when i got the most frustrated when i felt the most blocked without realizing you may have actually been out of flow in other areas as well for sure and then that raises the question Ro, is in context of what in context of what part of your life uh, is are we applying flow so you've already said that flow can occur anywhere yeah and what some examples you know typically if, if somebody's was like me in my generation only consciously and i think this is the biggest challenge that i want to bring to people's awareness is that the flow is just not associated with your work so what other areas can we apply this to so people can start becoming mindful of actually was i in flow in that part or am i not in flow there which is actually affecting my workflow and all of these because like you said, the word harmonious, and I think that's the best way to describe it. Because I've sometimes heard it described as balance. You know, you live a balanced life. And I think something yeah, you right. told, me, told me was, you know, that's tricky. Even the term balance is a controversial conversation. Anyone that's listening to this, if you've been onto our Growth Tribes community and you've gone into the vault, for example, there's a whole video series in there on life balance. But I open by saying I actually don't necessarily believe that we actually have life balance. I think it's about life harmony because the minute you talk about balance, that means you're getting everything in exactly the same balance, but nothing in your life is ever static to create that balance. Whereas harmony is about making things move together and flowing together. So, you know, you just press the button on a really big conversation. (laughs) Is there such a thing as life balance or is that just us trying to create some sort of image in our mind that everything is suspended in exactly the right spot and I don't want it to go out of synchronicity? which is just impossible because the world is a moving mechanism. It's energy. It's a flow. I think the balance comes from that feeling of everything has to be perfect. Right. Perfect picture, that perfect life. (laughs) (laughs) I want the healthy body uh, and the perfect relationship. Yeah, right. And I'm getting pissed off because I haven't got it. We deliberately didn't structure this particular 
podcast in any specific way. Some of the podcasts we get outlined and we say, right, we want to cover these key points. And then you have your questions, which you fire at me and then we just go for it. Whereas get to the flow. Yeah. Today is just really, I want to sort of go with what you're saying as well. So I can bounce off, you know, there's a 20, 30 year difference between us. What is it? Yes. It's over 20 years. So it's nice to get a sense of your language patterns, which are reflective of your, your era and your age group versus mine. I think while I'm there, I want to bring some philosophical and maybe because I've done so much work in this field over the years is here's one thing that's really important to realize. You freaking flow where you feel most comfortable and least resistance. I'll say that again. So your life tends to flow best like a river. If you think of a, coming down a, a mountain, right, and there's this stream, and then it starts to get faster and faster and faster, picks up speed, and then it kind of forks. And to the left, you've got a whole bunch of rocks, and it's slightly built up. There's almost like a little bit of a dam form. But on the right-hand side, there's virtually no block to passage. So you've got a right to passage straight to the right-hand side. So as the water comes down, it can split either way. But as soon as it hits that barrier, that rocky barrier, it'll back up. And then it'll find its natural path down the other side and it'll have its greatest flow. Life is exactly the same. So when somebody tells me I'm really in my flow at work, that usually tells, they say they're married, they've got kids, whatever. Now, see if you get the analogy here. You can tell where I'm going with this, can't you? Yeah, so yeah. what that tells me is that when they go home and they split down that river, that fork in the river, something at home is more resistant. It's like there's rocks there. They don't feel completely aligned they don't feel their values are aligned maybe they're not getting recognized they're not getting the acknowledgement and this goes back to the six basic human needs that we have but guess what in work doing really well pats on the back recognition pay rise email goes around hey harmina did a great job today let's all recognize him for that in fact you know what he's now going to be made another level in the company so all of a sudden our flow increases at work and it reduces at home if anyone's listening to this just think really carefully. This is a deeper, I'm making quite a deep statement at the start of this podcast because virtually anywhere that you go that you feel the most flow, it's because there's no universal resistance to who you are in that space. Is this making any sense? I'm going deep. I wasn't expecting to go this deep so quickly, but I wasn't expecting you to go that deep as well. So I'm processing <laughs> that in my mind and I'm even trying to be self-reflective as you're saying it and saying, right. was that the case for me? And I, and I think at certain times in my career, you know, my past career before business, the business life was actually, yeah, that was true. The work was going great. So I was in flow there and were you when getting went, recognized? Yes, absolutely. So were you work, getting pats was, on the back? Yes. Did you feel that you were adding value? Yes. Did you feel your significance growing? A hundred percent. Did you feel connection with people? Yes. Did you feel that you're growing as a human being? Yes. Did you get financially rewarded for it? Partially. Right. So on a scale of one to 10, those key, and I'm, this is a kind of a coaching process, but those key elements there, if in work, what, out of 10, what would you say all of those were being met roughly? ballpark figure out of what, 10 well, i'll say eight eight out right, of ten okay now possible. now go back to home i guess you were living at home were you at the time is that right or yeah right so think about all those things recognition pat on the back acknowledging for who you are okay a sense of significance massive connection growing at home scale of one to ten that's definitely below four so i'm picturing my mind back then and this is before my wife. This is, this is before honest. I'm asking together. you straight off the cuff. So it's, not, it's no judgment, but it's straight just off the a... cuff. And I'm trying to give people context of why I'm scoring this. So I'm living at home. And if you look at the classic, so this is our, my generation in, in its entirety. Well, our classic thing is at a certain stage in our 20s, most of my generation are still living at home. Yeah. And this is before marriage. This is before, you know, I was dating beautiful wife, Gina, but she lived 
in her house. So she was the same version of me in her house. I don't right. know what so her you school. So it's not like you were going back to see her. No, I mean, I, I would see her maybe twice a month, three times right. a month. Okay, so here's a question, right? On those days when you know you're going to meet her, which way did you flow then? Did you want to stay at work and do those extra hours? I oh, don't God, think that so. was 10, <laughs> score 10, 10, 10, 10. <laughs> so if you think about it, right, you're at home and you're not getting that growth and your folks are doing their own thing, aren't they? So it's not like you're getting the same yeah. recognition. You've, you've gone past that point of being a child and they love you and they unconditionally give you all the attention because you're going to get that as a young child. But now you're a man, you're out and working. So if you think of flow like a valve, from one to ten, one being the valve is nearly shut and ten is the total flow. You got two parts, one staying at work and you're an eight. Fuck, the valve's nearly open and home, it's like a four. Hey, where are you going to spend most of your time? You feel in flow whilst you're at work, which is your description about ten minutes ago. Which is why, for those listeners who've listened to past episodes, which is why I was leaving work at like 7, 8 p.m. Yeah, yeah, Which yeah. is so why that... when there was overtime, hey, choose me. Choose me for overtime. So hold on, what series, what, which one of our podcasts was that? That was tackling the subject of, was it anxiety? I can't remember now. There was anxiety, partly in relationships. So we discussed that a lot in yes, relationships. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so go back to your question, right? Context of what? So flow occurs at home, as, I, as we just talked about. It definitely works at homes. In the opposite to that, it can operate work work. In, in the workspace. Sport yeah. is another massive area. So I, over the years, I, I really get into flow when I'm doing sport, particularly any sort of team sport. So lots of human needs met. And I don't think this is a subject that's really actually tackled. In fact, I'm not here to talk about, but you can match flow in direct relationship with the basic human needs that Maslow talked about, Tony Robbins has talked about over the years, various other people. These needs get met in different ways. And so when you're in sport mode, you're definitely pushing yourself. You're definitely growing. You've definitely got variety. You've definitely got certainty. You can give yourself a real challenge. You've got a sense of growth. All those needs are met. So flow, adventure. I used to climb a lot, mountaineer, all those sorts of things. But equally, you can get your flow in your job, in your business, in charity work, doing work with other people, where suddenly you spent a whole day and it's just gone, boom. I mean, I, I spent a day on site the other day with my builders and they were doing a load of work and there's some things I needed to do on the site as well. Nothing particularly physical because I've got an injury at the moment. But even though I was there f- for what I thought was about an hour, I was there for nearly four hours. Total <laughs> I mean, that's your world, especially especially because there's a renovation going on. It's property. Right, yeah. There's engineering. Lots of things going exactly, on. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, very good point, actually. There's lots of little things. And they were asking me some questions. We were looking at the underfloor heating. We had to try and work out these plans. And what about this? And I just got back into that old world of just giving some value, trying to solve a problem. And this is where if you know, we'll come to this at the end of the, of the podcast, but there are ways to identify how to bring yourself back into flow. I guess the last one to my list would be relationships, because in, in a really passionate, connected relationship, whether it's intimate with a loving partner or a relationship with your kids or your parents, when you're really in a good space, like you and I, when we get together on a phone call or whatever, or face to face, time just goes like, boom, yeah. in total flow. Same as so, these podcasts. Listeners, I can promise you, every time we start the podcast, we are saying we've got to keep this one tight, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, hour maximum. Happens. It never happens. I know. It can happen anyway. And I think, I guess, you know, before I kick it back over to you, I think the key thing for everybody listening is you have to start to bring mindfulness back into play, meaning you've got to tune in start to notice it start to be aware of it and we'll look we'll look for some of the signs in a bit and the result of flow is immense if you're wondering well what's the point of a podcast like this you know why why does this why do i need to know this the reason i, I think we brought the subject up is because people can't always label it they give it different names and i think flow is a great label that it's given and, and harminder wanted to pick the subject up and tackle it but the result of flow is freaking huge if you can imagine 
having the ability to just do things effortlessly, to communicate with impact effortlessly, uh, to actually be able to to be with somebody without having to force it, to not have to, to to enjoy a silent moment, and yet it seems to just flow, to be able to be contributing to other people, to be able to enjoy health and to work and to earn money in an effortless way. Wow. That's immense. And for me, it's one of those areas I strive for. I wouldn't say that I've achieved it in all areas. I think that's something that very few people achieve to do. But I think if you're in the space of being aware of it, you can start to bring it into different places. And as a human being, ultimately, if we can get to that place, imagine what life would be like if you created flow in every single area of your life consistently on a regular basis. It'd be like Nirvana. Oh, it sounds great. Just listen to it. I think that's something we should definitely aspire to because the challenge is is that something that I've just, you know, brought to listeners' attention and almost self-processing here is the challenge is just getting sucked into one area and just trying to flow in the area because that area, just to simplify what Ro was saying, it meets all your human needs. The the reason I feel like when I'm working in my career, my past career, or when I'm doing creative work now, it's because all of my human needs are met. Somebody's going to pat me on the back and say, well done. Whereas it's not being mindful about the other areas that apply. And if, if I was to row, give you some examples of when I believe I'm in flow. Yeah, I think that would be good, actually, because I was going to flick it back on you. Let's put this in context, right? So you just described the old days when you were mm. in work and you stay there to long hours and without realizing it, if you look back now, you were actually in flow. So now let's describe a situation where you're a 30 year old married man. You've got your own businesses. You know, you're financially secure. You don't have to be tied to a job. You're even floating around the country, living in different parts. Lots happening in your life. So now if we press pause for a minute, still a millennial, but now in a different space, describe what flow is for you now compared to, say, five, eight years ago. I mean, if if I was to give you a macro level, flow for me is waking up at the same time every day and just getting to work as early as possible. So this is my version of flow and I break it down into different parts. But this is now working on things I am passionate about. And that's where my flow comes. It's working on passion projects, working and collaborating with people closely to me. So when you say getting to work, you don't mean traveling to work, you mean getting into your work. I've been getting into my work. What I mean is walking downstairs, putting the coffee machine on, then going (laughs) upstairs to the office. So it's a completely different shift. But one of the reasons why I like to get at work and get to it as quickly as possible is so that I can get into the second part of my flow, which is where me and Gina, beautiful wife, we get into our relationship flow. When you spoke about, you know, flow can occur anywhere, one of those places in relationship well, we can sometimes lose ourselves in conversations for hours. And we'll just start a conversation. Next minute, we're like, oh my God, it's dinner time. And we've just been speaking for two and a half hours, three hours about all sorts of various subjects. That's me living in my relationship flow. And that occurs, I mean, two or three times a week. So I know we're in a good place there. So that's what flow looks like to me. And if that gets disrupted, then I feel it. So I know what my sort of flow is in a worldly basis, but I'm still missing outflow row in other areas. So for example, living away from close friends, I don't mm. really get involved in sport much. I don't really have that adventure mm. such where we can meet up as a group and do sports and do adventure style activities. So there's certain areas which, you know, I still want to get into my flow in those areas because mm. 
there's a complete block there now for various reasons. So that's a snapshot of where I was spending all my time at work, getting a pat on the back. And actually what's interesting now is the work that I do and the flow and the feeling of flow doesn't come from the pat on the back. It comes from just working on stuff that I want to work on. Very yeah. different stimulation yeah. as such. I think, think you realize that now. Interesting because you talk about the block there, but I think that's also, and I know that because I'm a little bit in that same space and partly because of the lots of moving parts going on, but you're also in a place where there's a lot of focus right now on the business area outside of enjoying your time up there with G mm-hmm. and expanding your property business. So I think that is, there's so much flow in those three or four areas that there's almost not enough a white space in your timeline to fit in personal health and exercise and that's good but i think prolonged because you're aware of it you're going to go right i need to adjust that that's where the adjustment comes in and that happens for all of us myself included yeah i think the way i stay attached to that in terms of the sports and staying exercises i just must hit running i must run at least 5k once a week so that's something i do just almost if you know imagine a cliff i'm just grabbing onto the flow of the health knowing i don't want to let go completely but that's because i'm mindful oh my god i haven't I don't feel right because I haven't done the exercise, but there's not enough white space at the moment to do it entirely. So you're you're absolutely right there. So that's where I feel in flow now. And actually it's a result of having work to get to that flow because, you know, I've had conversations with Euro many a time. And I think one of the things when you surround yourself with people who are in their flow. So for example, you're one of those, you're consciously mindful of being your flow. It's then saying, Oh my God, how do I then, do what they're doing how do i do what they're doing and not in terms of replicating what they're doing but how are they just living the life that they want to live i think that's only happens when you're around like-minded people and they start to rub off on you i think that's massive i think the growth tribes community experience that you know the growth tribes meetups when we all meet up and we're sharing different things it's like oh my goodness there are people out there who are living their flow and it is possible because sometimes it feels so frustrating that you can't actually get there. Yeah, it's a tricky subject because there are people I know that are hugely successful in what they do and they're definitely in their flow in that space. And if you see a snapshot of that on Facebook, on Instagram, etc., it looks amazing. You think, right, I want to aspire to that. But we have to remember that that is flow in one area of their life. That doesn't mean to say that the flow is everywhere else as well. That's the ultimate place to get to is to find the balance in each of those areas but we can't force someone or you know i can't force myself to pursue those things by watching somebody else i've got to reflect back on myself and say right well where where do i want the flow where am i out flow and what does it i mean we've got to define what it means as well and that's a conversation we probably need to have so ro talking about yourself then you mentioned yourself there what about you what does flow look like in your life in your world because you're a different generation to me now and i'm still at my startup i'm still working on lots of things you know discovering things experimenting but what does flow look like for you in your world well if i tell you where it happens then maybe we can just go into the sort of what it looks like it's quite simple actually i mean over the years i've sort of narrowed it down i mean it used to be like i try and get flow and frigging everything i did (laughs) and that's not to say that when you try something you don't want to get into the flow of it but there are certain things we do consistently regularly and i think that's probably a good place to start for everybody if you're listening to this you go well where the hell do i start start breaking down and this come back to where am i now and actually again if you're listening and you're already on the growth tribes and you're part of our community and you may not have had a chance to do this go back into the vault because the vault has this incredible resource of videos and audios and hypnosis programs and stuff that i've created and some of the tools there from harminder and his team from b street but there's one particular one that i created called where are you now and that looks at 
breaking and, and also the, the, there's a whole series on purpose so it's breaking your life into areas categories of life so i think that's the best place to start otherwise you're going to try and consistently get flow through everything and it won't work that way so if i look at my life there's there's five or six key areas that i tend i find i get the most flow and where i tend to show up so one is public speaking another one is family so that can include intimate family and you know close family etc and friends then i've got coaching which is the one-to-one -one time i have with people when I'm creating something, as you know, so it's writing, recording like this, creating something purely from what's inside me in the universe, and then writing. And I put writing separately to creating because writing is something for me that has been on hold for a few years with the book and the children coming along. But now I'm sort of back into the flow of that. That's another place I get I uh, I get it. The other, the only other area I would say on top of that to make it six be exercise sport and adventure particularly adventure going out and doing things that really stretch me and challenge me so all of those i find myself getting into flow to do them all at the same time virtually impossible to be able to manage all of those in the process of a day very difficult to do so it's about then enjoying the experience of flow so for example when i'm in public speaking if you said how do you know you're in flow there's a sense of calmness in my body but at the same time there's a huge amount of energy flowing through me i actually have sometimes no sense of time as you freaking know <laughs> and anyone that's worked with me go yeah that's very true and a really immense sense of giving being able to just to give unconditionally with family it's a different feeling i think it's more about connection it's about humility meaning for me being present with my kids and just being humbled by who they are, their innocence, but also the fact that I'm responsible as a parent to give this young human being a chance to just really become amazing as they are. And so I get into this flow of trying to find that. And that, actually say, family is one of my biggest challenging areas for flow. And my fiance, of course, my other half, who, who she and herself is, she's going through a phase in her life where she's trying to find her flow. She's a mum, she's 40, she's got two kids with me. And now she's like, I want to get back into my flow. You've been getting your flow rope, what about my flow? So, and she's absolutely right. So we're having that conversation at the moment. And when we're really connected, we're in a great flow. But also as parents, sometimes you're not as connected as you want to be. And that's when we can hit loggerheads and the flow gets broken down coaching work to one work with people it's the same thing a lot of it comes down to contribution for me it's being able to give huge amounts to somebody else and see a shift in them without expecting anything back and then the whole course creativity is just i think it's bred into my soul it's like what can i do to create something to give other people a chance to grow from and, and experience an amazing chance to grow really for, for them and me so it's timelessness it's i'm just trying to give you some words against it effortless it's feeling in harmony, it's feeling energized, not feeling tired, feeling wired, and at the same time having a sense of absolute certainty that I can do this and good at this and it feels right and it feels right for, for me, the universe and the people I'm around. And it's just seamless. And, and, you know, we've had this conversation before where I've come off stage, for example, and, you know, you said, wow, that was amazing. Or, wow, you just seem to just be in your flow there. And that's when it's just I can't even measure it. It's just something's happening. It's coming through me. And that's when I know I'm in my flow. And the challenge is to stay in that place. And, of course, life comes along and slaps you left, right and center and you go out of flow. So this week, about two and a half weeks, got a trapped a nerve, as you know, in my left shoulder. And it got progressively worse to the point where it's been so intense that even though I'm trying to get into my flow, it's breaking that flow. It's a physical intervention rather than an emotional circumstance as well. So it's balancing 
not trying to force it. What I've learned is, and you know this from me, I've actually backed off a bit this week because I'm trying to get into my flow and somehow my body in the universe is saying, no, you've got to have a break for a while. Yeah. And I think if you're listening at home, that's Ro giving you his version of flow and I gave you mine. I think pick up on some of the key words like yeah. energized yeah. and then think, apply that word to your life and say, when do I feel energized? Because that might be an indicator of that thing that you're doing right there is you in your flow. Pick up on those things. Not so much what is it that Ro does. So, for example, public speaking, yes. um, spending time with the family or creating or writing. That's the thing Roders, but the words that are floating around that he's described timelessness when you're doing something and there's a feeling of timelessness that's you and your flow that's when you should be mindful enough to say oh my god okay that's me and my flow let me log that mentally log that let me journal that let me write that down so i know when i'm searching for my flow i know that was it so you can just yes. almost attach yourself to that activity again to start getting back into that yeah that good feeling. point is that fair is that fair yeah that's a great point actually and, and let me try and give some some metaphors to this but so you just talked about words there so think about effortless timeless no resistance alignment connection think of yourself going along a river if it gets very choppy and bumpy and you're going down the rapids there's lots of stones in the in the flow that's not really the real flow you come out to the end of the rapids and now it's just that smooth that graceful calm feeling that you get as you come out the rapids the speed is still there and you look to the side and all you can see is the trees passing you by or whatever you're looking at the scenery somebody sat there fishing and boom they've just gone by really quickly that's that whole graceful feeling it's like walking through a door and you have to push the door. It's one of these big glass doors and you're pushing it versus you're walking through these spinning doors that are revolving. And you just happen to get into that revolving door at exactly the right point, And it just moves gracefully through. Whereas some doors you go through, <laughs> it kind of judders. You know that feeling? Yeah, it just it's, stops. It stops you in your tracks. Ex exactly. So the flow is when you just time it right through those revolving doors. And for some reason, you're through and it's just happened or you're walking through some sliding doors and they just open and close and there's been no stop to your flow that's a great way of looking at it on a personal level i love that so when you've got those feelings or when you feel in in any of those metaphorical states that's when you're doing something that's when you're doing something that's in your flow remember that can happen at any in every any category or area of your life and i think it's massively important to be mindful not to fall into the trap which i did in the past which is hey unless i'm doing something that makes me feel successful somebody's patting me on the back that's where i'm in my flow see where you can find it in different areas yeah now Ro, you uh, well, said actually something... on that so on that note yes. i think that's a very very good point is being mindful of then suddenly becoming a workaholic because you're you know you're getting into your job but are you in and this is the whole thing about the two splits in the river are you going down one flow of the river and are you moving so far away from that fork in the junction that you're becoming disconnected with your family because you're not going back at home to face those things, the conversation you don't want to have with your husband or your wife, the difficult situation you're having maybe on a financial level at home or the kids, you know, there's not flow there, relationships having challenges. So we've got to be mindful in this conversation not to say to you, right, keep going down. Now you're in the flow, just stay in the flow. It might be on occasions you're in the flow for the wrong reasons or you are consumed by what you're doing to the point where you're not really in flow anymore. You're just doing it because you're really good at it. You're good at making money. You're good at working your job. You're good at getting recognition. You're good at doing those presentations. You're good at getting the reports done up in the workplace. So they keep piling more and more on top of you. But what that's doing is creating a, a block to the flow in a different part of your life. Now, it's a deep 
point to cover, but I don't know if that's making sense. It's just being mindful of the difference between flow and being obsessive in what you're doing, but it's not really flow. I love that. And the next thing I wanted to touch upon was you, you started to mention it in when you were describing what your flow is, Ro, which was when your flow is broken. Mm. You You said when certain things happen, you feel like your flow is broken. So one is a physical thing happening right now, which is, you know, the, this injury you have. Yes. So that's something physically stopping you from entering your flow. Now, what things have you seen having coached people, having taught people from uh, stage, having done some interventional work, even having seen the Growth Tribes members, and there, so many of them are entrepreneurial, so, ma so many of them are constantly in their flow with various different things. But where do you see people's flow getting broken? And I think the best way to do this is to, you know, as always in this podcast, you talk about your generation and maybe I can comment on mine or you can add some observations you've seen as part of my generation. So, uh, okay. So can I start with the younger? I'll, I'll throw a few quick ones out and then maybe yeah. you can talk into that space. Yeah. It's a great way of looking at it actually. So yeah. So how does flow get broken? I think again, this is not a criticism, it's an observation, but, you know, kick it back at me if you think I'm, I'm off centre here. But I think for the younger generation, certainly the millennials and, and even the generation below you, there's three things that jump out to me immediately. One is I think people mistake success for flow, meaning, oh, yeah, I'm doing really well in my job. I'm getting recognition for it. And they think they're in their flow and they may well, as I've said already, they may well be in their flow, but because they're getting financial reward for it, they're getting success for it. They go, yeah, yeah, I'm in my flow. Another one, of course, is they think that because they're making more money, higher pay rise, better car, maybe it's a company car, salary's gone up, it's just meant they're going on a better holiday, they're in their flow. Or it could be that they're just getting recognition. I mean, these are the things I see in younger people generally. They get a lot of recognition on social media, in their workplace, again, possibly in their group, their peer group, their social group, and they can kind of gravitate and they feel comfortable in there. And it's one of the basic human needs that we get, which is a it's two things really. One is a sense of connection, but the other one is a sense of significance. And so that recognition is where they go, yeah, yeah, I'm really in my flow. But it's not necessarily truly harmonistically in their flow. It's just because they're making more money, they're getting more success, and they're getting recognized for it. Now, I see that more in the younger generation. And it's, again, correct me if I'm wrong, if you feel the same way or not, but that's my observation, certainly at this snapshot in time from the way I'm seeing things in the media and in social media. I would agree with you certainly partially there, which is I think the chasing of the money and the working towards the objective of getting more money is giving people a false feeling that they are in flow. So I think I, I said the phrase in a previous episode, and it was about hustling. So in my, in my generation, if you're hustling, you're putting the hours in, you're working around the clock, you're sleeping less hours. If you are doing all of that, you are now in your flow in the pursuit of money. So in that sense, you know, I 100% agree with my generation having their flow broken like that because the entire focus becomes on that pursuit of money because that's now consuming the entire day. So that's for sure. But I think the other thing, and it's not a disagreement, but it's probably something that's missing as part of the description, is the way that we, my generation, have entered into an informational society where we've got WhatsApp groups, WhatsApp messages every second, social media constantly refreshing every single second. I saw something like 300 hours 
of content is uploaded onto YouTube every single minute to be consumed. Your phone is hitting you with notifications. Every one of those red dots is intentionally placed there oh to break your flow and divert your attention into what they've got to say or what's in your inbox or what's in your email inbox. And I think when we are, and I've fallen into this part as well, I've fallen into this trap and sometimes I continuously do, which is saying yes to lots of opportunities, especially when they're financially linked. And it's something I've gotten a lot better to say no at now, understanding who I am as a person. But one of the things I did in my early days, which is saying, yes, that's a great opportunity. Yes, that's a great opportunity. Now, there's no way I can divert my metaphorical river into that many different flows. It's near enough impossible and it, it becomes overwhelming. And then you get the reverse effect. So I think those things, in addition to what you've said, Ro, is definitely yeah. what's breaking my generation's flow. And, you know, it's easy to say, yeah, we'll just switch our sh- social media, but it's now a part of life. So these companies are now a part of life. If you log into something online, even any kind of username or password you log into, it's all linked to some of the biggest companies out there. You cannot avoid them now. So it's a, yeah. it's a real tricky place we're navigating. I mean, there, there's almost an argument to say, and, and it's a conversation maybe for another podcast, and that is ultimately if you can identify what your purpose is or the purpose in certain areas of your life and you can get into connection with that, then you're moving back into your flow. So we're now not pursuing just monetary success or recognition or financial success or you know acknowledgement in your workplace, but actually we're moving towards something that's more purposeful. And by doing that, you feel more in your flow. And that's a subtle one, but anyone listening to that, if you just tag into that on the back of this, you might even ask yourself the question, where do I, which direction of my life do I want to take things? And then if you start to pursue that with passion, you will actually line back into a sense of flow and it moves you away from the need to be recognized or to see financial benefit for it. Although that's not, that is important, but if that's the only pursuit you've got, you're not really truly in flow there. It's just one area of flow. So where that played out for me, Ro, is when I started to work on things that matter to me as me as a person, not based on what somebody else is going to say about me, when I started to work on things that mattered to me, that's when my flow started to organically take place. And it wasn't a conscious thing. It was like, I'm going to work. Now I'm working on things that matter to me. I'm in flow. So that's probably another way to describe what you've just mentioned there. Yeah. I mean, okay. So, so that's a good point, actually. The youngest generation, let's, let's just quickly tackle the older because you're asking me about blocks. Yes. For the older generation is slightly different. So my generation, the forties, fifties, sixties, although I'm sort of somewhere between all of that, I think actually they're a little bit lost now because when we were brought up, we were brought up with this whole philosophy of get your head down, get a good education, get a good degree, work hard, pay off your mortgage, don't question stuff just just get the frig on with this and you got to get especially education that was a big thing got your degree got you into a good job so that whole thing through the 60s and 70s and 80s and we know and if you, if anyone ever questioned was that really the big drive we had a culture of college polytechnic and university you know college was in terms of yeah, call it a b, a b and c a being the top which would be university b being polytechnic and then C being college and you'd meet somebody in their career and they'd go, oh, so how, how are you getting on? Yeah, yeah. So where did you study? Oh, I went to this college. You go, oh, you went to college. Where did you study? I went to Polytechnic. Oh, right. You went to Polytechnic. Yeah. You're in university. Oh, you went to university. Which university did you go to? It was a completely different reaction you got mm-hmm. and you were categorized. So we weren't told about flow. We weren't, we never talked about purpose or anything like that. 
so I think people at my age group now have got to a point where they're seeking a deeper level of understanding. We, we have to get out of our heads because that's how we grew up. It was all about good education, study hard, prove yourself. The 90s all about one-upmanship, competitiveness. Women came into the workplace more and there was this whole masculine-feminine shift. It was really crazy. So I think we almost need to go back to my mum's period where things were slower. We were more present with ourselves. We're not like that. I don't think either your generation are or even my generation are because there's so much going on and my generation are feeling oh shit we're being left out <laughs> you know we can't keep up with technology what do we do so i think we just missed flow i don't think we had it we weren't conscious of it and if you did get into it you just carried on so that's a good fascinating because it's a good almost period like... in your life yeah yeah that was a good period actually no you were really in your flow what the fuck's flow yeah, it's almost like flow. I don't know if it skipped a generation because I don't actually know the history of what the culture was like before this whole baby boomer generation because that's also where, you know, some of the most famous artists came from, some of the amazing architecture, the amazing authors, those names that gets remembered. They they, they were in their flow. They were in their flow. But I don't. I feel like that flow then missed your generation as such and now your generation is looking at my generation thinking oh my god how are all these people loving what they do how are they just so comfortable because my generation when they do get in their flow they are really in their flow um, when it comes to arts creativity and and they're very exploratory so it's almost like your generation saying that's not how you do it that's not what you're supposed to be doing that's not so this is the whole thing about millennials are lazy that you know they're they're questioning the work-life balance they're they're questioning they're not fitting into the cogs that are in the whole engine of this whole thing we call the industry and everything. They're just not, you guys aren't fitting into it. That's because you're now actually thinking, wait a minute, I want something different. And you are getting the benefit of social media by the fact you're seeing other people out there. And this is the challenge. People are mistaking flow for a snapshot. Whereas my generation are still wondering what the fuck flow is. <laughs> you know, we grew up with, think about it, we grew up with the ZX81, which was the early computers. Technology was just taken off. We had the Macs coming in. We had IBM coming in. Technology took over. Everything was rushing really fast. We had to try and keep up with that. You've got to upskill. Otherwise, you're out of, you know, you're out of, out of it. We went from card-driven computers where there were like little holes in them to suddenly discs, three-and-a-half-inch discs, which you, you probably don't remember, but they were discs on a computer, to suddenly these hard drives to, to solid-state drives. All this stuff. Jobs were changing. There was no time to stop. You had to constantly be proving yourself to be able to stay in the job and if you're asian black you know your culture my culture you had to get better degrees because you would just be left behind because you were recognized as in those days in my profession for example civil engineering it's hardly any people of color at the top of the profession i remember somebody one of my early mentors who was originally from west indies very dear friend of mine still is about four years older than me he was like ro you know what you and me right we in our profession we got academically work our nuts off so that we are even on paper above a lot of the people around us to be even considered for some of these roles so your head was just down flow didn't even come into it i mean this is an esoteric and, we're talking and about a real a, soft thing here flow and from absolutely and from a you almost say belief system the way your generation's belief system is now built up from those scenarios is when you're in your 50s 60s that's really difficult to step away from and say actually now i can go discover things in my flow yeah go and get in my flow it's very difficult at that age to then shift and often they have to come to an event like communicating with impact like a turning point that you've run in the past or enter the growth drugs community start working their way through the vault and thinking oh my god I, i can i do have permission 
to myself to be able to shift and start to discover these things. And it's almost like breaking out of a box as such, like trying to smash yourself out of a cardboard box. That's the way I, I almost see your generation where you said you're a bit lost, but it's almost like you're a bit trapped. Yeah, and... trapped in an old school thinking. And, and the thing yeah. is, the longer you go there, it's, people struggle to get out of it. That's what I love when I see people coming into our events who are 50, 60 years of age. Communicating with impact is great because it gets people t- starting to talk in a different way. And it also is about mindfulness and presence. There's so many different elements. The vault that we have on the growth tribes has so many different areas that people can dig into, but it's about self-exploration. I think younger people are more open to it now. The old generation are coming into it, but still in a very heady way as opposed to our heart way which is a conversation for another day really mm, absolutely so here's an interesting one i want to throw at you Ro, is you spoke about the older generation and my generation are going to be coming up to this part of their life which is mm. children so how do you manage your flow when you put children in the equation and i know they you're going to flip this and actually say actually the children become because this is actually i'm wising up to mm. my understanding of flow during with our shooting of this podcast now the children will be as one part of the flow, but how does that then, how do you juggle that? What's, if that's mm. the right word, how do you manage that? Because no doubt children are going to break your flow or is that an assumption? Well, yeah, they do because they have their own. Flow. <laughs> <laughs> Actually kids, if you want to know about flow, just, just watch children, particularly between the age of one and, and six, six, they start to become more conscious. If you study the, the human development of the mind and how children are, the language patterns change. They, they become they're less up until that point when they're unconscious. It means that they can time just passes them. you can be walking along with a four year old. They just stop just to look at a bumblebee. They could be there for an hour. You know, you're looking at your watch because we're, we're thinking I've got to get down to the shops and <laughs> whatever it is. But a child can just sit and watch a butterfly. They can sit and, and just watch a caterpillar. And although, yes, it's nice to watch it as an adult, we have we're kind of done with that. Yeah, yeah, it's a caterpillar. Whereas a child's like, yeah, but look at it. Look how it moves. So kids have their own flow. And unfortunately, their measure of flow, which they don't even measure, is totally out of sync with ours. That's true timelessness. It is. And so you're spot on. They, they do break up our flow because unfortunately we have, I think we have created a definition for what flow should be. So probably heard me joke about it before. It's like a movie. Right. My movie for today is this. I'm going to wake up at 6, 37 o'clock. The kids are going to just get up 15 minutes later. We'll have prepared everything perfectly. The breakfast table will be laid out. Kids. Now the scripts. Right. So Savannah's going to come downstairs and say, hey, daddy, I'm going to go in the shower, get myself ready and look after myself. 100%. All my clothes are laid out. I don't need your help. Liv, who's only five, she's going to wake up bouncing with no problems at all. She'll be dressed, washed, showered, all on her own. And that will be the end of chapter one of the breakfast section. (laughs) Chapter two will be we all sat around the table. Everything's perfectly timed. We've got loads of time to chat about life, maybe explore what we're going to do that day. That's your script for the movie, right? That's your flow script. right? Basically, the kids come with a red marker and just scrawl all over the flow script. For any parents listening to this, they'll be cracking up right now listening to this. I think my mum and dad, if they listen to this, they would say, yep, you're just basically describing my boys when they were children as well. Yeah, absolutely. So... It's challenging and and flow does get broken. And I think the truth is that I am still personally juggling that whole thing. And that's, I think, because I'm more mindful of 
what flow is. I'm, I'm trying to conscious to steer it. So it's everything from how do you juggle your time running several businesses, going to work if you're in a career, getting your sports right, your relationship right, which comes back a little bit to time management as well. So I think the key thing, and this is just a personal share, we were just talking about this today actually, is when you're in a moment where it all seems crazy, is to bring it back into perspective and just grab that moment and say, right, what? how can I enjoy the flow of this moment? So I often ask questions. Like I, I ask myself the question, what lesson am I, am I supposed to take from this experience? You know, what am I supposed to learn from my kids here? My daughter's pulling on my leg and saying, daddy, 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 can we, can we try and solve this jigsaw? And I'm trying to go off and do a little bit of work. Now, that moment in time, I could flow to the work and it will be easy because I can lose myself in the work and write an email or I could sit down with my daughter and I could do the jigsaw. Now, the only, okay, this is a personal experience, right? The only way I can experience flow in that moment with Liv doing her jigsaw is to allow myself to just, it's like the river. I remove the blocks, which are in my head saying, and these are the blocks, right? Shit, what about the email? I promised somebody I was going to get that off at this time. Maybe I could just quickly do the jigsaw and then get back to the email. They're all blocks. That's not flow. Mm. If I even try to force that, if I try to sit there and while I'm doing the jigsaw, rushing her to get to the email, that's not me in my flow. That's, I don't know if this is making any sense, but this is me forcing flow. So it doesn't feel very comfortable. And I've done it. I, I mean, I'll put my hand up and say I've done it on more occasion than one. And I've then sat down to do that piece of work. And afterwards gone, I felt actually felt shitty. If there's any parents in this situation, you'll know what I'm talking about. You kind of go, fucking hell. Uh, I sort of, I've got my work done, but it didn't feel very satisfying. That's because you weren't in your flow. You didn't allow that flow to happen with your child first and then go off to your work as well. Is this making any sense? That does make sense. And it is fascinating because, you know, as my generation start to have children you know if, if they've listened to the am i ready to get married podcast they would have now gotten married if they've listened to the am i ready to be a parent podcast they would now have a baby i mean that's how it plays out in my mind for our listeners so i think it is absolutely fascinating and it's it's interesting because it's almost like saying that self-talk that was happening the block in your mind yeah. is just trying to get that done quickly that done quickly and it's trying to be, and I'm really starting to dislike the word, but it's trying to be as productive yes, as possible exactly. in the day, get everything Isn't done. Isn't that heady? That's heady, surely. Heady. And it flow is, heady. is not about that because it's timeless. And I know it's we're being a bit soft on the skill here or the experience, but flow can be heady in the sense that it can get productivity done. But that's a slightly different conversation to what the one we're having here. Yeah, and I think the, the heady part where it comes from the actual... How do you, you know, how do you ensure that when you're doing what you're doing, it is practical? I think productivity, things like that can be applied to work. Okay, how do I get my work done without any distractions? How do I work through my tasks? That's great for productivity. But I think the flow comes from the feeling that you get once you're in that zone. Yes. So, yes, we can yeah, get yeah, technical yeah. with, you know, I did a, a, a live the other day on, okay, I, I just use post-it notes. I've got big tasks when I'm really struggling to get my flow, I'll put some post-it notes out in front of my, and just start working through them one nice. by one. Yeah. So that's, that's like a productivity hack or productivity tip. But the feeling attached to actually working through that day is not heady. That's a, oh, that's a heartfelt feeling at the end of the day. Like, okay, that was, yeah. that felt great. So I think when you are doing the jigsaw with Liv, it's a case of just do that. Just do that. Yeah. Be in flow in that experience. I think if you was to say, you know, if if I was in that situation, I'd be asking the question, what's most important? And I think doing the jigsaw will live would win 99% of the time. 
and it does take a moment to pause. I mean, you, you've been at events where my kids have been there and you've seen me coming on stage or I'm on stage and I'm trying to get ready to, for the next section and you've seen them run up, haven't you? And I mean, it's what, the cutest what, thing. What do you notice world. about, because yeah. you're observing it from the outside, what do you notice about me in that moment? I've got, my, I've got my notes in front of me. I've got other people kind of waiting to see me and Liv runs up or Savannah runs up. What do you observe? Because that would be a good indication if you, if you think I'm in my flow or not. So what's, what was fascinating at, at the most recent Communicate with Impact event is you took a moment with them and you took a moment with them, but then you got back to mm. the matter at hand, which yeah. was, you know, you're running an event for a hundred people. You're teaching them how to communicate with impact over four days. The next one is for three days. That's, I think that's how you managed it there, but that's very different to the scenario you just painted, the picture you just painted, because now you're at home and you're comparing your time with Liv versus an email. Whereas yeah, yeah. there you're comparing a moment with Liv, which, you know, your partner was there. I think they were to jump off them. the stage. There was one point, if you remember, they were trying to jump off the stage and practice. I know, I know, I know. But because it, yeah. it was so cute, you, you know, we had the whole team was, was almost attracted to them, taking care of them and things like that. So you could stay focused on teaching these hundred people. But I think you took a moment with them. That's, that's me observing visually. Yeah. But you then went back to... But it didn't break my flow because it felt natural. It felt natural because they almost, they naturally, and they've done that with a few of your events, actually. They just naturally float through your events. It's yes. quite fascinating. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Watch, yeah, you know? yeah. yeah, and that's because they feel comfortable there. And that's another indication of flow is when you're in your flow, people, that's a great, actually, it's a great indicator just to flag up while people are listening. When people are comfortable around you, when they move around you in an elegant way, it's like a dance and there's no jaggedness, there's no edginess. That's a really good indicator that, oh, wow, I'm in my flow at the moment. Whereas when you get resistance and people don't feel in that space, they don't want to be in that space, you are definitely not in your flow. So flow is actually a huge magnet. It creates, the, from a law of attraction perspective, it's a massive attractive force. So that brings us on to the question, Ro, which is how do we get back into the flow so i've you know let me just summarize what we've covered so far which is what does flow mean to you and you gave us a, an amazing description and then we work through the fact that flow can occur in different parts of your life it just doesn't have to be attached to work and the way we can trigger this is you know just being mindful of mm. when you are feeling in flow and then you describe lots of different metaphorical words that somebody can associate with their task You've also spoke about, and we discussed older generation versus younger generation and what physically breaks their flow, what mentally breaks their flow, what external factors also break their flow. And we went, we've gone deep in this episode. You know, I was expecting going into this, I was probably approaching it from a headspace as well, in all honesty, thinking, okay, we're going to talk about how to make people more productive. That was, that was almost my approach. But as we've explored this, it's totally the opposite. It's, it's not yeah. It's not to do with that at all. So I think what we could do and leave listeners with, I mean, we, we were hoping to get this done in an hour. I think we might just make it. But the question is, how do we get back into the flow? What are some things that we can do? And I think if we approach this from two different approaches, okay. left brain, right brain, yeah. and give somebody a logical way, but also give somebody a way which is from the heart space. Because I personally feel if there's one big takeaway that every listener needs to take from this, and of course you take your own parts, but that is that flow really comes from a heart space. When you're really in the flow and you're feeling all of those amazing things, effortlessness, timelessness, connection, the joy, the calm at the same time, that harmonious feeling, 
that's all from my heart space. And mm. having been in that been in that flow various times in different things, that's the place. It is Nirvana. I think you described it with Nirvana, the word. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, so let me tackle the, the, the right brain. Let me just kind okay. of do a bit more of the sort of spiritual connected side of it. And maybe if you want to go for the lefty, if that's all right with you. Um, okay, sounds good. Before we do that, actually, so if you're listening to this, the, the way to look at this now is, okay, so we've, we've done, gosh, nearly an hour on this. I would say now you have this awareness. It's about awareness is, is the first step to any change or transformation that you make is take some of what we talk, we'll talk about now before we wrap up and then try and go back into the space. So whether it's personal life, business life, professional relationship, whatever, and be aware of when you feel you're in your flow and actually start to, if you can keep a journal or something close to hand or your phone, if you want to put it on your phone, make a note of it, is what's happening. So very quickly, what am I feeling? What am I noticing? What's happening around me? What things are creating the flow? Why do I feel in my flow? And notice some of the things that you could extract from that take duplicate and model in another area of your life because a lot of these things are transferable there's certain things that we do certain things we 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 say ways that we act when we're in our flow in one area that we've got to learn to translate and move across into another area so it's about mapping it and modeling it in different areas if you're very good in your workspace but you're struggling in a personal life or relationship with your money for example then let's take some of the great skills in your work life where you get into a flow and let's extract those tools because that's basically what they are and move that into another area to start to generate. It's a bit like taking the oil can out of one part of the engine where you've left it overnight and you go, right, we've got to go and oil the back of the car now. And we're going to go and oil the drive shaft. So we're using the oil, which is the understanding of flow, to place it to another area of your life. Does that make sense, Harms? That makes sense, yeah. Right, okay. So three, four, five things from my side. Number one, I would say it's really important to stop and notice. I've already alluded to that, but just stop and be present. And it's a word you've heard us say a lot over the different podcasts that we've run. But just when you're feeling, wow, this is amazing. I'm in a really good space here. I don't want you to break the space because you might be actually not wanting to break that space. But if you can have a way to be mindful of that space whilst being, so you're an observer of the moment whilst ex, without extracting yourself from the moment. So Deepak Chopra says, be a silent witness to the moment. So pen and paper, it's almost like an unconscious channeling of what's going on inside you so you've got your pen there and you just go right so yeah uh, so maybe you've made things more colorful in that moment it might be that your focus has become really really acute it could be for me i often find that things become quite vivid so if i'm talking to somebody i'm really in my flow and i'm doing an intervention it feels like their face has been magnified it feels like things have been slowed down um, i can almost hear their heart beating there's a really sensitive feeling across my whole body. And you've seen this, Harminder, with me, where my, I get these little goosebumps come up happened today when I was talking to somebody who was treating me. And all these things are my sense that I'm in a, a moment of flow. So I can, I can literally map it down to physiological. I can map it down to visual, auditory, kinesthetic, what I'm breathing, what I'm feeling, what I'm noticing, and all those things. So this is, if you can slow the movie down, slow the moment down to a point where you're pausing the scene and you go, right, what do I notice about me? Does that make any sense? I'm trying to I'm trying to really give you what I do to myself. Is, is this helping? It makes sense. And it's a tool. It's a tool they can use to be mindful and not exactly. allow the moment to completely pass. Yeah, yeah. So it's a real extreme case of mindfulness. So, so that's if it's happening to you. If you say, yeah, but Ro, I'm in the flow for frigging ages. Okay, that's not a problem. 
take a moment one evening where there's no distractions and actually go back in time to think about when you feel you've been most in your flow. Was it when you're playing a game of football, when you were playing a game of netball, basketball, climbing a mountain with a friend, doing something like this in your workspace with your partner, with your kids? There, there will be some point or several points where you can go back to when you're in your flow and you do the same thing. You close your eyes. So this is step three, if you like. So number one is consciousness about the moment. If that's not available, try this. Visualize a point in the past when you're in your flow. And in that process, number three, what did you feel? What did you hear? What did you see? This is kind of an NLP technique. If you want to think of it as a movie screen, you can do that. And you literally become an observer of you when you were in your flow. Now, this is a classic, classic NLP technique, neuro-linguistic programming technique, where you can freeze a moment. You can take a negative moment or a good moment. This is a good moment. And we can delve into it. And we could literally watch it and you can say, oh, my gosh, I was doing that. I noticed I was doing that. I was feeling that I was doing this particular process. I was experiencing this. And we need to break those syntaxes down, those sequences down. And we're going to extract those into your real life. So come out of that moment and then ask yourself a question. Where could you apply this next? So I'm having a bit of a block with my, as you were saying earlier on, my physical activity, my my exercise. Right. OK, so let me take some of those things I've observed and put those into that area. So it could be, for example, that you are very good at visualizing things when you're in your flow. So you go, right, I'm going to picture myself. I'm going to get some photographs of me getting fit, take some old photographs of when I was fit. I'm going to picture myself going to the gym. In fact, when I get to the gym, I'm going to turn up the sound because that's another thing when I'm in my flow. I'm really good with sound, music, for example. Right, I'm going to get some pump music. So you're going to do things to trigger reactivate and stimulate the flow back into that area and i think that's all i would say at this stage is just making i try to sequence it but also trying to keep it kind of touchy-feely emotional spiritually yes that, i mean that's a fantastic at 100 process. miles an hour at 100 miles per hour and when you are in your flow it's it gives somebody a tool and <laughs> just to say uh, okay let me just slow this down because sometimes just consciously slowing something mm. down because sometimes you may be in your flow and you just never realized that was yourself in the flow. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, because you just wasn't necessarily looking out for it. And that thing you've been searching for all along, you know, the reason you listen to this podcast to help identify your flow, you're actually in it. Just needed a case to just actually feel that you was in it rather than the, the logical part, which I'll go through now. Is that cool, Ro? Yeah. So just be a silent witness. My message is be a silent witness and then log it in your journal and start to expand on it. Fantastic. So what I'd say is, you know, on the other part of the brain, the other side of the brain, which is more logical, and I'm trying, I will try not to use the word productivity, but it, I think the first thing, I've got five points which I have jotted down whilst I was working through that process. And number one is, I'd say, firstly, if you haven't done this already, start to walk the path of self-awareness in regards of understanding yourself and just understanding what your personality is. Because depending on what your personality is will actually help you understand where you should actually be doing time in terms of activities. So as an example, I did a high level personality test a couple of years ago. And one of my things is my traits is I am a creator. So as a creator, it even gave me the things I should be doing, which will allow me to have my greatest flow. And now this was very much to do with flow rather than wealth creation. So that's something me and Ro have spoken about in a different episode so it said things like writing becoming an author teaching creating things which i can then share so if i was doing those and coming up with new ideas if i'm doing those things in my life then i'm going to feed in flow so for me it was writing filming things editing things i guess i get an extreme satisfaction from doing those things because that yeah. is my personality 
but your personality may be different. It may be writing, filming, editing, all creating, storyboarding, all of these things, podcasting, that just turns you off completely. Whereas, you know, you may be a systems driven person. You know, if you're if you're dealing with behind the scenes Excel spreadsheets, that may be where your flow is, creating and designing those elements, coding, that may be your flow. So understand your personality. And then, you know, you may have been doing a career, which is a complete opposite of your personality all along, which is a part of my story when I was an engineer and now moving into different creative elements. So that's number one, understand your personality. Number two is, I would say, understand if you are an introverted person or an extroverted person, but not in the context of where does your confidence come from? Where do you show up in social circles? It's more to do with where do you get re-energized from? So this one I actually asked G, Gina, my beautiful wife, if she wanted to give me an idea. I said, how, how do you get back into the flow? And something she said with me was, because she's an introverted personality, as am I, says working alone or taking a walk in the woods or spending time alone allows her to recharge her energy, which can then be reapplied to work to get back in the flow. So when you feel depleted, say you've just feel, oh, I just feel frustrated, I'm depleted, just understand how you get re-energized. So a quick example, introverted person would be spending time alone. An extroverted person will probably be working collaboratively. And I think, Ro, you're probably a bit of both. What, what would be your, are you introverted, extroverted in terms of where you draw that's, energy that's, from? That's a really interesting question because actually when I'm in front of an audience, it's very much a connection externally, but... Mm. Outside of that, I'm actually quite, I wouldn't say introvert, but but a lot of speakers I know are actually similar. We, we tend to just withdraw back and privacy is probably a good word, actually. So, mm. I mean, you know, you've been out with me when we've done events and we go out for dinner as a group. And although I might chat quite often the time, I'm just reflecting and listening and, and I'm kind of sucking up the moment. I like the connection of the others. I like absorbing that energy back in because I've given out so much. So for me, the flow of being around friends sometimes is just allowing their personalities and, and their little fun things to come out and then I'll get back into my mojo and I like I like fun so I'll, I'll have jokes and we'll take the mick and things like that but very much going out into nature is a big one for me always has been just getting back into connection with nature I love that so number three on my list of things you can do and these are not in any particular order these are five completely random things just maybe choose one of them to get started so number three is I read an f- amazing book a couple of years ago called Deep Work. And it he talks about the idea of getting into your flow. can't remember the author's name, but he talks about getting into your flow by allocating complete zero distraction periods in your day to do whatever it is you want to do. It could be work. It could be family time. But he's talking about disconnecting from the Wi-Fi, the phone, and really just spend that time in a deep work or a deep moment where you're just 100% present with exactly what you're doing. And that's probably easy, easy. Number three, and if you want to pick up the book, it's called Deep Work. Number four is an interesting one, which is creating the deep work block for yourself. So number three was about closing off distractions and, you know, before the distractions take over you, the notifications take over you. But number four would be taking it to the next level where if you really need that time regarding sports, just take or you, you've got a really important task or work or you're working on a book and you're just not making headway with it. Something pretty cool, which other famous people have done, for example, J.K. Rowling, she would book herself into a hotel room away from her family 
even though it wasn't a pleasant experience, she just had to do that in order to get into the flow and start writing. The founder, the co-founder of WordPress, when he needed to get into a flow of learning, and this is a cool one where he sat on the roof of some place, I don't know, somewhere sunny in the USA with a chair and a pile of books. And that's it. And he just worked through the books. And the principle here is just no distractions. You Bill, know, Ga- you, Bill Gates does the same thing. He literally has a week where he goes away with books. No one can get anywhere near him. Just, just oh, yes. He's got a cabin. He's got a cabin, I think, over the right. lake. And he does, he does the same thing. And it's just the idea of getting into your flow. And I think it's intentionally getting into your flow, getting all those blocks out of the way and putting yourself into an environment where you can actually get into your flow. Because sometimes it's hard with all these distractions. We, we do appreciate that. So that flow is a different type of flow. Well, it's, it's a, okay, so it's another area of flow, I should say. That's more a creative yeah. flow, a self-reflective flow. It, it's not the same as a flow as a, if you're with your peers, you're out on the stage, you're going into work. That's very. Uh, it's a very nice way to get back into that creative reconnecting flow. Yes. And that, I wanted to bring that up as well, because one of the, the core questions is why can't I get into the flow? Because it's a truckload of distractions, plus there's a misunderstanding of what flow is, which we've covered in this episode. That's where you have to intentionally just go out your way and create a block for you to explore that flow before your phone rings again, before you get a WhatsApp, before your email pops up or before your boss phones you and says, uh, you're amazing at work and I've got another task for you. So before you fall into that trap, just intentionally go block out some time. And then number five, this is an interesting one, because it actually links with what you said, which is almost a, a logical way to help somebody who's really struggling with the mindfulness, slowing things down. So something I started this year, which was, I, I picked it up from another podcast, actually. It was a case of daily journaling, but at the end of the day, give yourself a score out of 10. And it's not something I've done before. And the purpose behind it is, to look back on the month and pick out the highest scores and the lowest scores and work out when there was a low score, what was actually happening that day. So one, we can get less of that in our life. And when there was a high score, you know, a high score for me is linked to that day had flow. That day was joyous. It was amazing. It was harmonious. Now, if there's a high score, what was I doing that day? And how can I do more of that? Or how can I make sure I schedule more of that in? Or how can I work towards doing more of that? So if you are struggling to connect and slow the scene down to be a silent witness, I'd say do practice the art of journaling. Maybe if you're a logical person, give yourself a score attached to that day. So when you look back at the month, you can help identify what days you was in your flow. So those are the top five things I'd say. They're completely random. So just pick, you know, either pick something from the right side of the brain, the left side of the brain, I, I would suggest merge two. I would say start rows process and then maybe pick one of my things just to actively get started on working on your flow, refining it, exploring it. Does that make sense, Ro? That's great. And what's nice is they've got a choice. So they can, you can pick up some of mine, some of harms. Either way, it's whatever feels right for you. And, and I think that's the key thing with flow is there's no forcing to it. Just go with whichever one felt like the, the smoothest to do. Absolutely. And what I haven't mentioned, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good at this, is all of these things that we've spoken about, especially this last section, will be in the show notes. So they will be at growthtribes.com forward slash podcast. Click the episode that you're interested in and just have a look at these show notes. So we break these down. You know, there'll be a full transcript there as well. So hopefully that's helped. Rose, anything else to add before I sign us off? No, I think I like it. It's a great subject. Just go and enjoy. Have a think about what we've talked about. Don't overthink it, but mindful of 
Now, don't think of it as blocks now. Just think of it as ways to open up the flow. That way you've got a different perspective to any situation that you've got where you want to get more flow to your life. Fantastic. So that's Dr. Rowe and myself signing out for another episode of the Growth Tribes podcast. Thank you for listening and have fun finding your flow. Hello, it's Dr. Rowe here. Harms and I would both like to personally thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Growth Tribes. And if you've gained just one insight, something positive that you're able to use on a personal level, on a professional level, to help your life, maybe even other people's lives, then we'd love it if you could take action on one of the following things. You can either simply subscribe so you don't miss out on any other great insights coming up in the future, You can share this podcast with close friends so they can also get the benefits of the tips and tools that we're sharing. Or it would be amazing if you could give us a review and let others know just how great this episode was. And finally, if you do have a question, don't forget to submit it on growthtribes.com forward slash podcast. Thank you again for listening. This is Dr. Rowan Harm signing out and we'll see you again on the next podcast.